Hello, I'm Steve Gallegos, and welcome to From Story to Impact. I'm your host, and the producer of this show is the Voices of Impact Awards, which is a national search for storytellers. In fact, we're looking for 10,000 storytellers to join us here in our first year for a chance to win a number of prizes, including a grand prize of $20,000 cash, U.S., and a book publishing deal from Morgan James Publishing have decided to partner with us and offer a book publishing deal for one of the finalists. So it's exciting. And even if you don't win the grand prize, you still could win a very, very lucrative and important book publishing deal. And so we're excited to um, uh, share this experience with you. And just as a by way of um, introduction, the Voices of Impact Awards was created to provide a space, to provide a stage, if you will, a global stage for the executive, for the entrepreneur, for the individual out there that you've been through some stuff, right? You've learned some lessons through your challenges and the obstacles that you've overcome. And you want to share those, but you really have no place to share them because you're not a professional speaker. Maybe you don't want to become a professional speaker. You're not an author. You don't have 500,000 people uh, following you on social media like our guest today does. So, but you, but you still want to contribute, right? Because it's a way to contribute to the life of another. And just one person needs to hear your story and make a change, a shift in their life that could um, impact generations and generations. And so you have no idea how much power you have until you share your story. And each one of you matter and each one of your stories matter. And that's why we created the Voices of Impact Award. So we encourage you to enroll. You're going to get uh, free training. You're going to get complimentary training from uh, some of the most renowned experts in the world, like our guest today in studio, well, in our virtual studio, coming all the way from Florida, just having come through a huge hurricane uh, in the last couple of days. Miss Angel Tussie, who is an award-winning speaker, as you're going to find out why. She's a radio host, TV producer, best-selling author, and a public relations media specialist. And she's been featured in thousands and thousands of major media publications, television, radio, podcasts, anything that transmits information, I think Angel has been on or produced or been part of it. I'm sure that if there's a colony, a human colony in, in Jupiter, she's been on that too. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. Um, she's an award winner. She's uh, been awarded the most influential woman of the year, best morning talk show and best talk show team during her 10 years in broadcast, best-selling author of 15 published books. I have three. This woman has 15 published books, and she's been featured on countless, countless media. Um, her top-selling book, Get Discovered, is the how-to example for creating media exposure in less than 90 days. Get that? In less than 90 days by using media interviews and PR to grow your business, your book, or your brand. And trust me, here at Voices of Impact Awards, we're relying heavily on those strategies and techniques that Angel has brought to us and we're so grateful um, and appreciative that she has joined us uh, as an official resource partner to the uh, Voices of Impact Awards, which means that once you join, she's going to be one of the mentors there to guide you, to hold your hand, to give you the training you need. And if you want to up-level and work one-on-one -on -one with her, you can contact her directly and work out those details. And I'm just so excited to be able to introduce her to you today. Angel Tussie, welcome to the studio, and thank you for giving us this interview. Well, thank you so much, Steve. I'm honored to be here. What a wonderful introduction. 
Thank you so much. Um, Angel, we have to mention that you live in the beautiful state of Florida with its beautiful beaches, beautiful people, beautiful things going on over there, obviously Disneyland and Disney World, which are, uh, you know, known around the world, right? They're world, worldwide brands. And you're right in the middle of it or close to the middle of it. How are things there? You can be like a news correspondent on the ground to tell the rest of us how, how things are going for you and your family over there. Well, thank you. Yes, we are um, based in Orlando, Florida, right in the center of the state, right next to Disneyland Universal Studios. And I'll tell you, Steve, it's devastating. It's pretty heartbreaking around here. Hurricane Ian just spent the last two days kind of ripping through the entire state of Florida, which is which is very uncommon. Usually you get a hurricane goes up one side of the coast or the other. Here we had Ian that came up one side, went across the whole state and devastated the other, the other coast as well and is now moving its, its way up the seaboard. Fortunately for, for where I am and the home I'm in, we had a protective bubble around us. I know that the angels were, were out there. I had my prayer angels out there. And, and we, um, our house never lost power. We stayed safe. We were okay. But as a state and as a unit, um, it is it is pretty pretty heartbreaking. We had 14 inches of rain fall at our home. Um, my husband was out all night keeping the storm drains clean so that we wouldn't have flooding in the street. And and I'll tell you what, the neighboring states all showed up to to provide power crews and cleanup crews. And they have just been working nonstop. Our governor's been keeping us all updated. He has incredible relationships with the neighboring states, and they have all poured in overwhelming help and support. Thousands of cots and blankets and trucks, like all the resources are being shipped in. And, and so then I guess the good news about a, a hurricane is we had warning, right? We had enough warning, and so we could put some troops on the ground and some, some things in place, evacuate neighborhoods that they saw were going to be hit the most so we wouldn't have loss of life, right? Loss of property you can replace and repair and we can, we can build. Um, but they were really, really careful that we didn't have loss of life directly impacted from, from the hurricane. And so, amen, hallelujah, they, they did a great job there. Yeah, wonderful. Thank you for sharing that information and keeping us updated. Um, and, and, you know, unintentionally and perhaps unknowingly, your broadcast, your beautiful broadcast experience came through because you delivered that information just as if you were a true news correspondent in the street telling us, Angel, what's happening, right? <laughs> uh, how fun was that for you? <clears throat> and then, and then um, you said you had a, a bubble of protection around you, um, uh, you know, I know what that means because my wife and I, we feel that way too, that whenever we go anywhere, whether it's Costa Rica or, you know, where we've lived in the United States, we somehow seem to be sheltered and protected from whatever's going around us, whether it's a tornado or, you know, huge storms or earthquakes and those kinds of things. And the fact that your name is Angel, I mean, come on, what more do you need, right? You, you, you are... You are protecting other people as well, because that's that's what you do. That's what you're here on earth to do. So thank you. Well, I'm excited to talk to you, Angel, because, um, you know, one of the reasons that we launched the Voices of Impact Awards is to, as, as you heard me say in the introduction, and if you, as you and I have discussed before, uh, when we invited you to become 
a, a resource partner and you agreed immediately, which was a beautiful thing. You saw it right away. What is it that um, ignites you and, and, and just lights you up about stories? Why are stories so powerful from your well, perspective? You know, there's, there's a couple of reasons, Steve, right? Stories are sticky, right? Stories get passed down from generations. You know, we can still tell the stories from our grandparents. You know, this is, this is how you create a legacy is really by, by sharing your story. And, but from a media background, from a publishing and publicity background, good stories get good airtime. You know, it's that whole idea of people will remember or forget what you, what you said or did, but they'll remember how you made them feel. Correct. You can really connect with people in their story. You can find, you can find common ground. You can relate to them, understand really what they've been through that they, it isn't all rainbows and butterflies. And yes, you know, like we said, we had this prayer, prayer bubble of protection over us. I will tell you, that doesn't mean our life is always perfect, right? And um, we go through hard stuff too. And this just didn't happen to be one of them, right? This was just something we were protected from and we really did feel that. Um, But when you hear the stories in the background, you're like, they've been through some stuff too. And I can relate to them. I can trust them. I can um, empathize with them. I can support them. I can celebrate them. And I think for, for the Voices of Impact, it it wasn't so much just about telling the story, but how you're celebrating those stories and celebrating the sharers of those stories, the speakers who are the storytellers themselves. So yes, it's about the story, but really how you are coming alongside those storytellers and giving them a platform to perfect that message, to, you know, to kind of tweak what that message will be like from stage Right? If we have 45 minutes, I can tell you my life story. But in most cases, we have to be able to craft that down and still get that message out in, in something a little bit more brief. Um, and so it's really more how, how you were coming, coming about celebrating the storytellers is what I was excited about. Yay, wonderful, wonderful. And what I heard you say in your answer is that um, the power of stories, if you had 45 minutes to share a story, yeah, you could tell it all day long, but that's not reality, right? When we're at a cocktail party and we're meeting someone um, that perhaps we want to do business with, we want to go out on a date with, or we want to engage in some manner, we may not have 45 minutes to tell a story, nor should we, right? Because the other person's going to go, um, you know what, I got to go, <laughs> right? So the fact that they get to come on board um, through our program and learn from uh, super powerful experts like you and some of the other mentors that we have on board to synthesize your story, to focus it in, to uh, bring out the most important points and build the story around them so you can tell your story in 30 seconds, in two minutes, in four minutes, in six minutes, or is in the finals in eight minutes. Um, that's what the uh, the the uh, protocol is. How important is it in business, right? And and for media, let's talk about that for a little bit, because we're going to have a lot of business owners watching this program here on video live. And this is also going to be uh, transferred into our podcast by the same name. Um, a lot of business owners and entrepreneurs have these backstories about how they got into business, why they got into business. Why do they need to get their story down into like a, you know, sound bites, as they say? It's a great question, Steve. And, you know, so often we want to, I think, as business owners jump into, 
here's how you work with me. Here's the, here's how we work. Here's how we deliver. Here's how you pay us. Here's how, you know, just kind of like, just jump to the facts, right? The business side of it. But if we back it up a little bit and remember that people do business with people, right? And your story is how people connect. And so, yes, I mean, I could pick from a dozen people who do what you do, right? You're not a, you know, the only person in that space, most likely. And so why would I choose you? When we do a media pitch to, to the media, it's the same thing. Like, why would I choose you? And it's your story that gives us impact, that gives us that connection. And then also for referrals, right? Don't we grow with referral business? And rather than say, you know, I know a guy, I saw them and, and you know, they, they mow lawns, right? This company mows lawns, this company mows lawns. Right. But when I can say, you know, John's family actually transplanted here. He was the son of an immigrant. They drew, you know, built the business from the ground up, bootstrapping it. They now have five kids that they put through college, right? Through their lawn mowing business. Like you should do, you should hire John. You're like, John's got a story. John's got a family. John built this from nothing, right? Like I know that. Now the other neighboring lawn mowing guy, Bob, right? He could have done the same thing. But if I don't know that, then how am I going to talk about Bob and refer Bob and share share why I, why you should hire Bob? Does, right. does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. It, it makes sense because it, like you said, it, it draws the connection. And each of us have a story and recognizing that, you know, I came from somewhere, I went through some things, you came from somewhere, you came through some things, you went to school, I went to school. Okay. But Let's focus in a little bit on that. How do we ask the right questions? You being a, a news person and a broadcaster, what kind of questions should you ask to elicit someone's story without perhaps being nosy or, you know, look like you're prying? Right. Questions, right? You ask better questions, you get better answers. And, you know, one of the easiest questions, and even when we introduce ourselves, and you even mentioned it a little bit, is just where are you from? Right? That brings a connection of, I know, I, you know, I know people who live there. I know people who went to school there, right? Where are you from? Where'd you go to school? These are really like not prying questions, but something everybody knows the answer to. Like if I was to ask you, Steve, where are you from? You don't have to think about it. You don't have to think about how do I craft that? How much of that do I want to tell you? Right? You know the answer. And so it's very comfortable and, and it puts you, it puts you at, at, you know, at ease. And as the asker of that question, we have to actively be listening, right? When we're asking questions as well. So often we think, okay, I've got my list of questions. Okay. While you're saying that I'm crafting up what my next question is going to be, and I'm not even listening to you. And so my, my favorite is ask one question and listen to the answer because they will give you the next question in their answer. So, you know, I grew up, right, for me, I live in Orlando now, but I, I grew up in Denver, right? And here's how we ended up in Florida. And now we can have, we can have a conversation. So really easy is just where are you from? Where'd you grow up? Um, and how did you get started? Like, what is it that you're doing now, right? Once we know what they're doing, I always like to ask, have you always? What'd you do before this? How did you then get into this? And these are, if you're, if you're listening to the answer, They'll give, they'll guide you in what question you should, you could ask, you could ask next to keep that conversation going. Beautiful, and, beautiful. Yeah. 
Yeah, truly. And when you're having a business conversation, as Angel says, or any kind of conversation with a person that you want to relate with and connect with and develop a kind of relationship with, whether business or personal, you've got to listen to what they say. And you can tell um, when they don't, right? When you're not listening, because a lot of people, Angel, and I'm sure you experience this in a you, they ask you, how you doing, right? Just as a matter of course, just because uh, that's the only thing I know to say is, hi, how are you? And have you ever told someone I'm having a crappy day? And they say, oh, great, because that's just their natural response, <laughs> right? right? right. <laughs> yeah. You can see that. You can just imagine that, that that happens all the time. You're like, wait a minute, you didn't really listen. You didn't exactly. really listen to that. And, and, you know, this is something that that is a skill that it, you develop this muscle. And, and if you're out building your business, you're out networking, you're at, you know, business conferences and having these conversations, you will, you, you can practice it and, and get better at it. And you always want this to be a dialogue, right? A two-way conversation. And so if somebody asks you, where are you from? And you tell them where you're from, your next question should be, where are you from, right? Like reciprocate it. Somebody asks, you know, how have you been? Tell them how you've been, but then ask them, tell me about you. What have you been working on? And have, you know, you can almost, you don't even, if you're the receiver of the question, you don't even have to be that clever and creative. <laughs> Just repeat back the question they asked and you seem so much more interested then if you just answer the question and let it fall flat and they, they're like hounding you with 20 questions, right? Right. Well, tell right. me about this. Tell me about this. And I answered. And now they keep having to come up, be a conversationalist, it, you know, be a part of the conversation, which is a dialogue, which is two, right? Volley it back and forth. Very good. How do you, speaking of asking questions in, in the business setting, I can see people, some people might think that, well, yeah, that's easy to do in a personal setting. If I'm at a bar, a cocktail party, and I'm meeting, you know, a girl, of course, I'm going to ask her, you know, where are you from? What's your name? What do you do for a living? What's your sign? Right. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> the, the most perfect question, guys, just go up to the girl and say, hey, what's your sign? Right? <laughs> <laughs> it's but, no way. <laughs> yeah. Do we ask, do we ask different questions in a business? setting? I mean, is it appropriate to ask, hey, where are you from and what do you do for a living and stuff if you know that the person is a realtor or an insurance salesperson? Well, I'm going to let you in on a little secret, Steve. Yay, secret. Secret number one. Business people are people. <gasps> really? Right. And so, right, I think we we worry about like, do we do, you know, do we how... I mean, they're strangers, so you want to get to know them and you want to be polite and respectful if you haven't met them yet, but they're human beings and they're people too. And they're looking for connections and relationships just like you are, right? And yes, this will turn into most likely a vendor merchant relationship or a joint venture partner, marketing partner, collaboration relationships. And so you do want to have that business conversation, but don't you want to do business with people that you know, with people that you like? with people that you trust. So how do we get to know them? How do we get to like them? How do we get to trust them? Now, I probably wouldn't ask them what their sign is, right, in the beginning. <laughs> but there's a formula. Maybe you've heard of this formula too. And I think it's like form, F-O-R-M, right? Yes. Ask them about their family, right? Where are you from? Where'd you grow up? You know, is your family local? Do you have kids, right? Are you married, right? you have a life partner, right? You can ask them about their family if it's appropriate, right? If you want to share 
about your family, right? You can ask them about theirs. Now, if you don't want to share about your family, don't ask them about theirs, right? Mm-hmm. Like, remember, this is a volley. Right. But, you know, occupation, what do you do, right? Tell us what you do. Have you always done that, right? How'd you get started? What did you do before? Recreation questions. What do you like to do for fun, right? And what are you passionate about? Are there any projects that you're currently working on that you're super excited about, right? So, um, you can ask them human being, get to know you, get to know you questions, even though it's a business conversation. And the, the conversation will lead to, right? It will lead to business. It always does because we're professionals and, and we do that. So have some go-tos, right? Like have them in your pocket, like ready to go. Like these are the questions I can ask because they lead me to finding out, do I want to work with this person? Would I want to give this person my business? Would I want to do business with this person? And then I always have my business lead-in question to find out, are they a good ideal client for me? And one of the ways that you can do that, somebody taught me is act as if they don't need you. Assume they don't need your service. So I assume, Steve, like you're probably getting, once I know what you do, you're probably getting lots of media exposure for that, right? You're probably getting the news all the time. People are always reaching out to you for interviews, um, to be in magazines, right? So they're like, no, right? Like I'm not getting, or I would like more. I'm like, perfect, right? And now we can lead into that you know, conversation, if it makes sense to, to go down that, to, to, to go down that road. Beautiful advice that you're giving us, Angel. And it's very helpful um, because we should know also that if the person that wants to do business with us is reluctant or unwilling to ask those questions or to answer the questions about, hey, where are you from? You know, how'd you get into this? How long have you been doing it? All this stuff. If they're like, you know, not answering you or not engaging with you, you maybe that's a sign that you don't want to do business with them, right? Right, right. I mean, these are, you don't have to continue the conversation. Motivation, it said, uh, I looked up, I don't know if I remembered that it was motivation, but um, you, you can just have a pleasant, polite conversation that doesn't lead to anywhere. And that's not a waste, right? You got to know somebody, you had a nice, enjoyable conversation. <laughs> Um, it doesn't always have to lead to to business. And I, I think this is super important too, right? We're out creating an impact. We're out creating a community and a network. And if we can get ourselves and take our sales hat off sometimes versus feeling like if you're in front of me, you're going to do business with me, like I'm going to, we're going to, we're going to exchange. But if instead, like maybe we'd make, make great referral partners for each other, Maybe we'd make great marketing partners with each other. Maybe we're just friends. Maybe we're just conference buddies, right? And somebody to to brainstorm ideas with. Like there's there's something in there. And it, if but if we go into it that the only outcome is that I'm going to turn you into a client, then then there's too many roadblocks in the way for that conversation to flow. Like we've put the roadblocks in. And, and if we think, okay, I have to come out of here and I have to get X number of clients, which is, which is great, right? Our business does need to grow. But if we're thinking today in this moment, I put money in my pocket right now. I got to go out tomorrow. I got to do the same thing. I got to go out the next day. I got to do the same thing. And I'm always hustling. Whereas if I can build relationships and build a network and build a community, and I can start to create a legacy, you might not do business with me today, but you've got 250 people in your in your network that you could refer me to, that you could introduce me to, 
that, you know, in some conversation down the road, they bring it up that you're like, I've got the greatest, you know, the perfect person to introduce you to. And so, so stories allow us to build that deeper connection, that long-term relationship and, and also take the pressure off. I got to turn you into a client and I got to get your credit card. Right? Like right. It just takes the icky away. Yeah, absolutely. You bring up some, some, you know, just great talking points that we could spend, you know, hours and hours talking about the details of this. Um, but I wanted to point out and highlight something that you said about the needing to, or, or that we should make at least an effort to establish a human connection, a human relationship before thinking about asking for the sale, much like you wouldn't just walk up to a girl in a bar or a street and say, hey, do you want to get married? Uh, my parents are outside. Let's go meet them, right? Um, you wouldn't do that, right? It's it's not going to work. But social media, and I know this happens to you, social media, especially LinkedIn, is just so riddled with that, right? They make a connection. You You accept a connection with someone that looks you know, legit and professional. And then the very next message they get is, Hey, Steve, I see that, um, that, uh, you like the sunshine. And so maybe you want to buy my bikinis. And I'm like, what? <laughs> you know, I read your profile. No, you didn't read my profile. If you did, you'd know that I'm a Marine and former police officer. I don't wear bikinis, right? <laughs> or maybe I do, but at least not in public. Um, <laughs> so, you know, building that genuine relationship can mean everything for your business instead of, you know, going for the sale and, and, and giving into the pressure that your employer might put on you that say, Hey, how many calls you make today? How many sales you made today? Um, Angel, yes, let's see, turn. Can I, can I just piggyback on yes, that yes. a little bit? Cause the LinkedIn thing, of course, you know, triggers, right. Um, is you can't automate this, right? You can't hire a VA or have a software system that's going to build relationships for you. You, you, you can't. Um, I, I, got, I, got a, I get these LinkedIn's from people I know. And they're like, hey, we should, I don't know, whatever. I'm like, I just saw you last week. Like, we've already done this. Mm. I'm like, oh, yeah, this was my VA was reaching out uh, to all the people and the thing. I'm like, well, stop it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you can't, there's, there's, no, there's no shortcut to building relationships. But I, will, but I will give this little caveat. Relationships are built one-to-one, one one, period. Right? That's, you've got to have eyeball-to-eyeball, belly-to-belly, conversation-to-conversation, because you're the one building no like and trust. You can't send in your, your VA. You can't send some automation software to build a relationship with somebody. At some point, like, that has to come from you. Yeah. Business, however, can be built using VAs, using software, marketing, engagement, right? sales process, like all of that can absolutely be automated and have your VA do it. But to build a relationship and to start a relationship with somebody, you, you, you have that, that's one-to-one, right? And relationships are built one-to-one, businesses built one-to-many. That's my personal philosophy. And I also think that you should spend your prime business building hours building your business and spend the the other hours, right? Building relationships because you can't build a scalable business with building relationships one person at a time, spending all day long just building relationships. And I know that's like a whole like Pandora's box that I probably just opened up there. Um, and probably like, wait a minute, that's not what I was taught. <laughs> but I, 
I was in, like, I've seen it. I've seen it time and time again, that it's all about, it's all about the relationship all day long. And it's not about the business. And they're trying to use business tools to build relationships. And you're, you're just, you're just, it doesn't work that way. It just doesn't. Humans want to do connect with humans and build a relationship with me first. And then we can, then we can automate and, and, decide if you're a good fit for business and want to receive my business messages and want to receive my marketing messages, right? Like they have to, they have to ask for that. You can't just assume. Yeah. Good, good point. I mean, you know, social media has opened up the world for all of us, right? For many people has allowed us to reach across the ocean and connect and build relationships and do business and those kinds of things. But in many ways it has uh, really made it more challenging to know who's who and and who's genuine and who's doing what. Uh, to your point, I received one of those exact messages on Facebook where I somebody posted something really really cool. I commented, "Hey, thanks, Steve. What are you working on these days?" And this is a person that I do business with, yeah. right? And so I told Alethea, I said, "What a weird response, right?" Yeah. Obviously, and then Alethea pointed out what you did. I said, "It's probably a VA, yeah. right?" Um, so don't do that, folks. At least not in your relationships. Yeah. So Angel, let's talk about how we get seen in the media. I mean, I know that's a big topic too, and you're probably going to have some questions first. It's like, why do you want to be seen? How do you want to be seen? What's the purpose of all this stuff? But so generally, and then we can maybe dive in just a little bit. All right. Uh, again, good question, right? Everybody wants exposure. They want to be featured on television. It's like the, you know, the the success of our business, right? As seen on, we want those media logos. I, you know, I was featured on this media station and that newspaper and that magazine and interviewed by this influencer. These are those credibility factors that establish our brand in in the marketplace. And so, so a couple of things of how, right? Of how, I mean, number one, you've got to have a story, right? Just like you're talking about, Steve. What's your media story? And, and what I teach is that there's three parts to your media story that we use in a pitch. And one is why you, why now, and what's your big impact? So why you, right? That's your little bit of your background. I've got this accolades. I've been in the space for this many years. I've got street cred, right? Like all of your accolades. And we want to come up with a couple different different highlights of who you are. Why now is why does this matter, right? Why is why are we even talking about it? Is there a sense of urgency of why to get this message out and this story out into the media right now? And then what's the big impact is really, if I did share my story, if you did share your story, what's the impact that it's going to make on the world? What ripple effect are we creating? You're going to throw this stone out into the water and it's going to create a ripple effect. And what is that impact going to be? And so number one is your story, like good stories get good airtime. So think about why you, why now, what's your impact going to be with this, with this media, with this media story. Um, and actually that's a really just, I mean, like right there. So often I would ask people, okay, so what would you talk about? And they're like, oh, well, my event coming up or, you know, um, my conference that I want to fill and like, okay, so those are selling like though that's, that's an advertisement and you can't use media as advertising, earned media, a media interview, a media feature, sharing your story, your impact. It's not a sales pitch. 
And again, we've got to take our sales hat off, put our PR hat on and think if nobody bought my program out of this interview, could I still give value? Would there still be value to the audience? And that's what the journalist wants to know. Does the community get value out of hearing this story, even if they're not buying from you? And so it it does shift. And this is why so many small business owners don't use media in order to build their business because they're in that, still in that grind. I got to make a sale. I got to make a sale. Mm -hmm. Like everything's about, in in fact, I used to speak at these small business conferences pre-pandemic. And, and every time, if you were to ask a small business owner, you know, what help do you need? What can we help you with today? Almost nonstop. I need customers, right? I need buyers. I need people to buy my stuff. The workshops that filled up the most were all about the, the marketing, right? Social media and marketing. Um, what we really need the most help with, right, is, is probably mindset, right? <laughs> But those ones were sitting empty like crickets and in, mm-hmm. in those rooms, people just want to know, how can I fast track this? How can I speed through um, and how can I sell something today? Well, I promise you, once you learn to leverage sharing your story on, in front of other people's audiences and my, my formula is two interviews a week in front, of, in front of somebody else's audience, a radio show, television, magazine a podcast, a summit, or a stage, right? Six different opportunities. Two interviews or speaking events a week gives you exposure in front of 100 fresh new audiences. If you were in front of 100 audiences, you would have a nice pipeline, right, of ideal clients, of people who are interested in your programs and your products and your services. You sell, like, once they're in your castle. We use the exposure to build our list, to find our followers, to find our fans, And then we move them into our sales castle in order to serve them at that higher level and find out what products and programs would work best for them. And so getting your story in front of the the biggest thing is I've got to get you out of, I'm going to sell something. You're using that exposure to build your list. And then you sell to only the people that are interested in what you have to offer. Wonderful. Does that answer your question? No, absolutely. And in such beautiful detail as well, because it's like, yeah, it's it's wonderful to have this formula, right? That you, why you, why now? What's the impact? Okay. Um, my question from that to you is, is that the order of things or can you mix it up? Like, <clears throat> I'm sure that these journalists um, receive pitches all the time and is this, are you giving us a framework for that? In other words, say, why me? That means I got to talk about me first. And that to me personally feels wrong that yes, I should talk so this about. This is not the order. This okay, is not okay, the good. order. It just, it's just um, in a cadence of speaking from stage. Yes. <laughs> it you? sounds, you right? you? yes. I mean, yeah, I know. It's, <laughs> but right. it is, it is not the order. It what is order would you put things in? The opposite. <clears throat> okay. Right? And we actually, actually, it's not even the opposite. We really start with the why now. Right right now, this is what's happening in the world. 4,000 people, right? 2 million people are without power in Orlando, Florida, right? Here's, you know, here's my big impact, right? By changing this or serving them in this way, we can serve these people. And then this is the, this is who I am and why I qualify in order to give you this, this expertise. So we actually start with why now, what's the big impact and why you? 
Love it. Love it. And how long should that be? It sounds like it could be, like you just said, it could be three sentences. Yeah. Ideally, shorter is better. Right? Mm. All we are doing, it, it's just a pitch right, to get them in. These are, especially if you're sending it to journalists who um, may or may not open, right? You, they, We've got to, they used to have a, a, um, a phrase that was like top of the fold, right? Like above the line. And so you think about when people are reading their emails, they're only getting like the little snapshot, the little preview. And so that's the hook, right? That we want to get them in. And so if we can give them the hook and then, and then here's where they can go for more information, like how they can contact you, reply back. Here's how, right? Here's links that you can read up more if you want to. Um, but it, but in a, in a pitch, we probably already introduced ourselves to that media outlet, that journalist. So they've heard from us before. Um, and if they haven't, then we want to make sure that we are super clear about who we are and how we can serve. But that initial body, right, that initial paragraph, right, is just a few sentences, a couple bullet points. Get them in, get them excited, and tell them how you can serve them. And let them know, keep them wanting more, as I, I think is part of what you're saying, is that let them get hungry for more. Now, that brings up a question because journalists are so busy. They're under deadlines. They've got, you know, timelines to meet and those kinds of things. Will they really pursue more information if we don't provide it? Like if we just give them a teaser, a three-sentence thing, you know, we got a hook, we got a little bit of impact, we got a why you to learn more, to dive deeper, whatever the language is, you know, contact me. Um, will they do that? Or they say, I don't have time for that. They should have told me. Yes. Yeah. So it's not a, it's not a tease, right? Like okay. you want to give them the information that they need. Um, but, but we don't have to, we don't have to fill their, their box with something that's going to take them five minutes to read. It's got to be super quick, right? Some bullet points um, of this is, this is what I can provide. And, and so we do have a sample of a pitch that, that is included in, um, in some of our resources, Steve, so you don't have to guess, right? We fill this in for you guys um, because it is very specific. We never want to send them uh, to go and figure it out on their own. That being said, if you ever say to them, you can call me, right? Answer your phone. If you say to them, right? I'm going to send you something, right? I'm going to send you my media sheet, have it ready to go so that you can, you never send links, right? You never send attached, sorry, you never send attachments to a stranger unless they've asked for it. Um, but you can have links, right? You can have links to stories. You can have links to your media, your, your media, um, your Google Drive for your media kit. Um, so they can get more information like if they want to. But truly in the why now, right? This is what's happening. Um, here's my big impact, right? These are the three things I could share in this interview. And then this is this is an intro about me. Like that, that gives them the information. It's not a tease. They can they can take that information, they can run with it and decide if they really want to feature you. They'll probably want more information from you no matter what. They're not going to just put you on the air from an email. Yeah, very, very good. And how does one go about um, finding these journalists? I mean, they don't they don't hang out at the on the corner, right? Like I could throw a rock and hit 10 realtors on a corner at a Chamber of Commerce meeting, but I never see journalists, um, you know, hanging out or coming out into the in, into the public, right? And seeking stories. How do we find them? 
that's a then again great question steve there's some resources of where they do kind of hang out um we have a resource that we bring journalists together um and podcasters and people who are putting on events putting together magazines so we do have a great resource we play media matchmaker but if you're starting out brand new and you just want to see are there media opportunities is anybody looking for stories such as this i have a great a great resource and maybe you've heard of this one it's called google google <laughs> google right so um we'll walk you through like just really quickly if you were to say like this is my topic like this is what i speak on um you know if if i was going to be interviewed this is what they would they would want to this is what they would want to speak to me about let's just say what did i say um before lawn mowing i don't even know where that came from let's just say lawn mowing <laughs> cuz this is so random right um if i was to look up lawn mowing on google when i pull it up there's all the there's this little sub filter bar where you could filter out the search results right so for i picked up lawn mowing and it was 73 million 73 billion 500,000 results so <laughs> lots right and it's giving me everything from lawn mowing services and blogs and products and i could buy lawn mowers right all of the things right but there's this little filter where i can filter out just images of lawn mowing videos maps and news When I click news. on news there's 179,000 results. Mm. In the news actually a lot of it is um right here in my area of a 11-year-old handing out business cards to promote his lawn mowing service and all the news stations are picking that up right now. So, do you happen to have a lawn mowing service and you talk about lawn mowing, right? Right now all of these media outlets are talking about lawn mowing. This tells you is there a need is there are, mm. is this even being covered and new, and news stories are cyclical like they come around in cycles so today they're talking about it they'll talk about it again so you can start to see there's 179,000 media opportunities sitting in my inbox right now of media outlets I could send my press release to of journalists I could send my pitch to I remember we're only doing two two a week right two interviews a week put gives you exposure in front of 100 audiences do you think you could probably find 100 media opportunities out of 179,000 results yes and all day long so we want to start to build relationships with journalists long before we need them and with just a quick little google search on your topic i call it your magnet right so when people think of lawn mowing they think of john right when they think of john they think of lawn mowing right this is the magnet that your topic and you like they go together and now we start to build out find the journalists find the speaking opportunities the media opportunities that keep you in that magnet so that you're attracting the right stages and attracting the right clients you sharing your one core message and you get to stay in your lane you're always hashtag media ready like he could talk about lawn mowing all day long my fictitious john right like he he doesn't have to think about it he doesn't have to plan ahead he doesn't have to research this is what people want to pick his brain for now that he's giving away for free and now we can monetize that or we can create the exposure in front of 100 audiences a year and then monetize that on the back end and build his business with ideal clients and he's never again wondering where his next client is going to come from 
Wow. 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 You know, I've been, I thought I was a Google expert, but I've never thought to use it in the manner that you just shared. Even me, right? Uh, you know, I think I'm pretty good at what I do in business and et cetera, et cetera. But we were always learning, right? And we can always learn some more. And I just learned something really, really cool that I can use now to find journalists that might be interested in writing actually about the Voices of Impact Awards as opposed to just sending out press releases and those kinds of things. Um, well, so, so what you send to them, Steve, is your press release. Oh, okay. okay. So I would send them. So I would, I would send an introduction to who you are, right? Why now? Um, what's the big impact in who you are? And then um, I would follow up every month with a connection of here's, here's the big impact and here's the current news, right? The press release, because they can feature your press release and share the news about your press release all day long. And you're building up that connection. You're building up the story, keeping them um, aware of the, the growth and the movement in your, in your business. Mm-hmm. So when the topic comes up and they need an expert, they're like, I've, I've got, I've got six mm. months of press releases from Steve. Let's get this guy in. Got it. Got it. Very, very good. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, you're watching this on video, you're listening to this on the audio podcast. I mean, what you just heard was gold. And this is why Angel is um, an award-winning journalist, uh, background broadcaster, television producer, um, author, and she's like always, always, always on the road. I mean, um, when we met her when I met you a couple of years ago at um, I believe it was a rainmaker summit in, in Dallas that we attended. And we just fell in love with your energy, with your enthusiasm, with your passion for what it is that you do uh, real quickly, Angel. Is this something that you've always wanted to do? In other words, you woke up as a baby and said, I'm going to be a, a, a media branding expert and teach people how to get on media? Did you fall into it by accident as a lot of people do? What was the journey for you? A complete accident, complete mm. accident, Steve. Um, I'm very shy. I grew up very shy. My dad you was are in the not Navy. shy. You uh, are totally, not- <laughs> totally shy. Um, uh, I was always starting the school year after it had started. So, you know, the, I, never, I was never there the first day of the school year. My really? Because you didn't want to... Cause you did. Oh, cause you moved. You didn't. We, we were moving all the time. So I would always start somewhere in the middle of a school year. Like I would mm. be pulled out of school and, and, and relocated. So I was always the new kid. And, and so I was just very shy, very introverted. I still am very introverted and almost didn't graduate high school because I also had a c- tremendous fear of public speaking. I could not stand in front of my classmates and describe how to make a peanut butter and jelly sandwich my mouth dried up, my, the butterflies, it, I was shaking the whole bit. And fortunately, my public, my um, public speaking teacher gave me a D so I could pass and, and graduate, graduate from high school. In fact, so bad. One day he took us into the radio studio. We had a high school booth, a radio studio booth, gave us a piece of paper. All we had to do was read from this piece of paper into the microphone mm-hmm. about, you know, some program coming up, like some news, you know, thing. Couldn't do it. I couldn't wow. get the words out, like dried up the whole thing. And, and so not public speaking was not my thing. I was a behind the scenes girl. Give me some like, post-it notes, right? My post-it notes, my spreadsheets, and I'm a happy person. But I was hired by a public speaker to be his admin, 
and working with him for a while, helping him to write his, his presentations and put his presentations together. I had put one together and he said, you're going to help me. You're going to help me do this one. I'd never done public speaking before. I'd never done a presentation before. I hand wrote Steve word for word, typed out 12 pages of this 45 (laughs) minute talk because I knew I would not be able to put two sentences together. I remember all of these things. And I stood in front of, I was an adult. I had three kids at this point in front of a room reading and shaking so badly. And the more it shook, the more nervous it made me because I could see it. I could see it shaking. I was sweating like I had a little jacket on, but I couldn't take it off because I had sweat through my shirt underneath. It was it was horrific, Steve. And um, but I had to I had committed to like doing these over and over again. And so showed up the next month and showed up the next month and Eventually, somebody liked the banter between me and this gentleman, and they said, you should start a podcast. So we, <laughs> yeah. so we started a podcast, and I loved the podcast, right? Because you're in a room in a booth, like it's just you and this. Our, our podcast got discovered by our local radio station, and, and, and so then we took the podcast to the radio airwaves. And my first day in the radio studio, I took those headphones off and said, this is what I want to do. I want to be, I want to be in broadcasting. I loved it. I just, I loved the environment. I could, I, no fear. There was no audience looking at me. I had my notes in front of me. I loved it. And so I just put my head down and said, I want to become one of the top broadcasters in the country. And we ended up with a 10-year career, best morning talk show, best talk show team, most positive business talk show in America, nationally syndicated on like 30 stations across the country. And it was, yeah, it was a blast. It was a blast. And I absolutely loved it. And, um, and, then, and then, you know, there's a whole nother story about how I ended up public speaking after that. But um, no, I just tripped into this. It was purely accident. What a fascinating story. What a fascinating story. But what I'm most excited about besides what you just shared, I didn't know that about your your history, but that's just so beautiful. Um, Ladies and gentlemen, I asked Angel to share with us how she made the journey into broadcasting and have such a successful career. She could have stated facts, right? Well, this happened, this happened, this happened, this happened in 2003. I did this, 2010, I did this. But no, what you saw, what you witnessed here was a perfect example of how you and I should respond to questions, even, you know, seemingly simple questions like that. But what did she do? She brought us right into the middle of the action of the story. And we could visualize her as a young girl being super afraid of her own shadow. Um, You know, she said she was shy, that she never imagined herself public speaking, that she just, you know, wanted to run and hide at the mere thought of having to stand up in front of anybody to say her name, right? Much less anything else. And so that's what 
connects us to her, right? It's it's as we feel for her. We felt her struggle. We felt her anxiety. I could picture her as a little girl standing there just shaking, right? And then I could also celebrate with her that moment that she realized, wow, I like this and I'm really good at it. And I want to pursue this, right? That transition from a moth into a butterfly, right? Or caterpillar into a butterfly. I don't know. Do moths turn into butterflies, Angel? I have no idea. But just the, and I know you didn't do it intentionally, right? I'm going to But it was just beautiful because this is what we want the applicants of the Voices of Impact to to learn and be able to do on their own wherever they are, whether they're on our stage or whether they're interviewing for a job or you're asking for a date or you're asking for a hand in marriage or a raise, whatever the case may be. This, what Angel just showed you, you need to watch it over and over again because it's just absolutely brilliant. Angel, thank you so, so much for being with us and sharing with us. And we're going to have you back on, right? We're going to have you, this event of ours is a year long. And so this isn't the last that you've seen of Angel Tessie, um, nor should it be because she's got so much wisdom for all of us to learn from. Um, And if you want to, uh, connect with her immediately, just go to the voicesofimpactawards.com, go to the resource partner menu, and you'll find her under the official resource partners, Angel Tussie. She's got a free gift for you. You want to tell us what that free gift is, Angel? Well, like I mentioned, you're going to need some media pitch and some scripts for how to connect with these journalists. So we put together a media starter guide, and it has what you need to connect with journalists, how to find those journalists, how to pick your topic so that you're you're getting the exposure in front of 100 stages. And it's a complete media starter guide. And I recommend it to anybody who's looking to, to get started and create even more exposure, leveraging the power of media, publicity, and press releases. That is just super outstanding. So go to voiawards.com and get your media starter kit from Angel. And then you're going to want to enroll into the awards program so that you can get her complimentary training, right? Even much, much deeper than what she discussed with us today. And then if you want to work with her one-on-one, she's available for you. I know that she doesn't have time to work with everybody. So she's got to be very selective about who and you know what kind of companies she works with. But you can work out those details with her as well. Um, but I just am personally and professionally just so grateful that I, I know you, that we have this friendship and connection. And listening to your story, Angel, you and Alethea are like kindred spirits because she is much the same way in terms of her approach to being in the public. She's got so much to offer, um, but she's just afraid. She's she's just very, very, no, 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 not me. You be the public face of the company. I don't want to. But she does all the processes, the spreadsheets, the post-it notes, the order of things. And that's her mastery, right? That's her. And that's where she loves to be. So I know that next time we get together, you guys are just going to like, I'm not even going to be there. You guys are just going to I love it. I love it. Get to know each other. Yeah. Yes. So any last parting words that you want to share with our audience in terms of, you know, why they should join the uh, Voices of Impact Awards and the importance of that? Well, you've put together such an amazing package and such an amazing program, and you're bringing in experts from all over the globe to support these uh, these attendees, right? The, the speakers that are participating. And, and you've made it in a way that's just baby stepping, right? It's so easy. Just take the next step. 
They'll hold your hand. We won't let you fall. There's so much support here. And the celebration is is really critical in any business success. So I'm just grateful to be a part of it. And if you need any resources, media, publicity, publishing, we're here to serve you. So welcome. Yay, yay. I, I gotta tell you, this is this is a party. And like Angel said, we are, you know, the, the our mission is to celebrate you. Our mission is to celebrate you where you've been, where you are, where you're going, and not just do that and say, hey, good for you. We want to equip you, right? And and give you all kinds of resources that you might need to publish your book, to get a divorce, to you know, to find a partner, to get a new job, to launch your own business, to become a public speaker or not, right? This isn't just just for people that want to be the next Tony Robbins or the next Angel or the next Steve. It, no, it's not for that. It's for if you're a lawyer, you've got a story. You've got a you're, you're a surgeon. You know you've got lots of stories. You know that you if you're a first responder, a healthcare worker, you know, or a college student that's been through some stuff, and you know you've got some value and lessons to give to the world. That's why. We created this. We created this for you. Thank you so much for being with us, Angel Tussie. I hope, I truly hope and pray that uh, your community, your beautiful city of Orlando and all of the people and the neighbors um, stay safe and are able to recover from this uh, quickly. Uh, we're so glad that you and your family are safe and that you were able to give us and share your time with us today. And we will see you soon. 